slightly transformed. Just a bit of a brain. Well, I'm trying to get this to stop over. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. It is going to be an interesting show, I can tell already. Um, <laughs> my name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net and uh, content manager of so called Fantasy Experts. My co host, AJ Applegarth, is on the line. What is going on, man? Hey, buddy. What's shaking? Oh, power's out. I, there had to have been tornadoes that came through this area, man. It's crazy. I don't know if you got trees all down by you, but we are, we have trees and branches. There was mostly like a mudslide that went down the hill of like the, like the top of my neighborhood. It's pretty crazy looking. Yeah, we have uh, my neighbor's tree that's it's on their side of our like six foot high fence but it's a pretty big tree and it, it hangs over, uh, over the fence into our yard. I came home and pulled up the driveway and just saw this thing like shattered in half and, and laying Ooh. on our yard. It's, it's still attached, but it's, uh, it's definitely down. And thankfully, uh, I ended up selling those chairs when I did because, uh, it would have absolutely obliterated my trailer. So, now I don't have to worry about buying yeah, new wow. <laughs> So that's good. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, man. So the I played the intro song Summertime because yesterday was the first day of summer. It's usually the 21st, which is today, but it was because of the leap year, it was yesterday. And uh, it was supposed to be all good, you know, happy feeling, but this is just like dreadful weather right now. But <laughs> I don't know. Were you were you one of those kids though that that uh, you know looked forward to the first day of summer, always went to the pool and all that kind of stuff? Like, was that were you one of those kids? No, I mean I was just happy to be out of school and everything. But you know, we had a good uh, a good group of people that hung out throughout the neighborhood that were all around the same age, so it didn't really matter that it's like, oh God, it's first day of summer, all right, let's go do this. We've already been doing it for three weeks, but uh, cool. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, it's. It, it did never really become a thing for me. Yeah. For me, it was like the, I don't know about you, but school for us, because I grew up in Fairfax County, school just for us sometimes didn't end until like the week before this. So it was yeah. always really late for us. So yeah, like it was a big, like, you know, summer's coming. So I wasn't a big pool guy myself, but I always look forward to summer. Anyway, man, um, so before we get into our main topic for the night, I did want to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals, and I, I guess you were actually right closer in the end than me. Like, Cleveland pulled this one out somehow, man. Game seven, um, crazy finish. Like, the, the last game was by far the best game of the entire series. Um and, I mean, there's a lot of storylines that, that go along with this, and I'll let you pick one to kind of rant on, or not rant on, but just kind of touch on, you know, your, your favorite one. You know, LeBron is taking over these finals. You know, I believe he – I know he almost averaged a triple-double the entire series. I believe he finished with the most points, assists, rebounds, and I want to say – Locks, although it could be steals. Um, you know, Curry just kind of disappearing the entire series. He had, I think, 
pretty much one good game. Other than that, it was kind of mediocre by him. You know, the game five momentum swing when Draymond Green got suspended, I mean, I kind of feel like that's what really turned this series and gave Cleveland all the confidence that they needed to go, to go forward and win this ultimately. Or just Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, finally getting their championship. 52 years it's been since they've won a pro championship. Um, I mean, ESPN made a, 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 a they made a 30 for 30 for it. You know, it's called Believe Land. <laughs> like it, was, it just kind of just pointing out all of the misery and heartache that this city has gone through in in being so close so many times. So, I mean, when you look at this series, like, what's the storyline that comes out to you? I mean, obviously, all of those are great storylines, and you could you could spend a show talking about all of them. Um, but to me, I really think that it was the Game 5 suspension for Draymond Green. I mean, to me, that was the biggest turning point in the series, and you know, up until the final block by LeBron, you know, in the the waning seconds of of Game 7. But that right there, you know, Green had been a chippy player really all year, but, I mean, for whatever reason in the playoffs, he really kind of was able to show this very agitated side. And I think coaches you know, of the opposing teams saw that and took advantage of it to, you know, to get him to lash out. And when he got that suspension, you know, afterwards he was saying, oh, if I was playing in that game, the series would be over. I agree. I think if he played in that game, even even if he didn't have a great performance, just his presence on the floor, his teammates knowing hey, this guy's got our back, you know, he, he kind of got into it, but he he restrained himself, you know, obviously he didn't, but if he had, you know, that would have been the better momentum carrier for the Warriors to stay on track and take out Cleveland. But, I mean, Bron's performance was unreal, and, you know, I, I think I missed it by a game. I think I said Cleveland at six, but I'll take Cleveland in seven. I'm much happier being <laughs> right on the pick that won, and, and they do deserve it. You know, Philly and Philly fans get so much guff about how horrible they are and how, you know, their teams are terrible. They, they you know, they don't deserve to win championships because they – you know, they just can't put teams together that are championship caliber. But obviously they did that with the Phillies, you know, winning the World Series back in 08 and uh, and getting back there in 09. I mean, that was a great run for that team. But Cleveland really hasn't had that. I mean, they played all right with LeBron there, you know, in the first half of his career before he took his talents to South Beach and, you know, went championship to championship to championship to championship. Um, not winning all of them, obviously, but playing. Right. And, and then for him to come back and be so openly welcomed 
after he completely burnt that bridge. Um, I mean, that speaks a lot to their fans. and They want to win. They're passionate fan base. And, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing in Philly. I mean, they're very passionate fans. Some of them are, you know, scumbags and, and don't really have the, uh, the ideals of sportsmanship, you know, ingrained in them. So, you know, I'll apologize to visiting teams for those small minority of people, but it's a passion thing. And when you're as bad as Cleveland is and has been, it only makes you more passionate about it. So congrats to them. You know, I'm happy they won. And I don't, you know, I never profess my love for LeBron. I mean, I'm not a big NBA fan, but, the guy's amazing, and, and he really took that team on his back, and he had the role players. They were healthy this year for the most part. I mean, I know Love missed a game, maybe two, but um, one, but, yeah, one for the concussion. So, you know, they overcame it, and and that block at the end of the game sealed it. Oh, yeah, that block you know, was nasty. Up, coming <laughs> up and doing his signature – run down the entire court and just chase you down. I don't care who you are. If you're Jordan in his prime, Braun is blocking you, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, Iguodala yeah, is the reigning MVP from last year's series. So, you know, he's he's a good player. But he he just got took, man. He got took, and that, that sealed it. So congrats again to Cleveland and, and the city of Cleveland you know, the, their team, their coaches, uh, their fans, their football team, um, you know, the, the baseball team, every other, you know, middle school soccer team that's in the city, everybody won this championship. So kudos to Cleveland. Yeah, you know, I, I debated on which one I thought was going to be the top storyline, and it was between – for me, it was between the Draymond Green and the, you know Cleveland winning the championship for the first time in 52 years, and I, you know, I ultimately got to go with the Cleveland thing. I mean, you just think back at all the heartbreak they had. I mean, the drive, the fumble. I mean, in just the Browns being you know, they left town, <laughs> and then they came back and they've been pitiful ever since. You know, they got to deal with guys like Johnny Manziel. I mean, just just bad after bad after bad, it seems like. And, you know, it's just it's about time for them. You know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. I think he's kind of a, you know, he kind of whines too much and it bothers me. Um, but, you know, good for him, good for the city. Um, and... But yeah, the, the Draymond Green thing, like I said before, absolutely kind of you know absolutely turned the series here. It was just kind of crazy how much of a difference that made. Um, so I do want to move on to our our, uh, our big topic for the night, and and that is should we be using kickers in fantasy football anymore, and. You know, last year, 
I never, like, I've seen articles about this before, and I kind of was like, eh, dude, kickers have always been there, whatever. But, like, the more and more I thought about it, and honestly, last year I was in two leagues that didn't use kickers. And actually, both of those leagues didn't use defenses either. And that's another topic. Um, but they didn't use kickers. And at first I was skeptical. I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, this doesn't, like, this is so weird. Kickers are part of the game. They're they're integral, whatever. Like, why are we getting rid of them? This just seems stupid. This seems silly. But you know what you didn't have to deal with? That stupid decision in week eight when your kicker is on a bye. You know, if you own Goskowski or you own Graham Gano or Crosby when they're ranked high, you don't have to have that decision of, damn, do I want to drop my top kicker who's averaging – you know, eight to nine points a week to pick up somebody who's averaging five and a half points a week? Or do I want to keep them and drop somebody that's on my bench that might at some point in the season become a much better valuable piece for my team? Like, you don't have to deal with that. You also don't have to deal with those weeks where Rob Baronis kicks eight field goals and has two extra points and he gets 29 points. Like, you don't have to deal with that. Or you don't have to deal with the weeks where the Patriots score 10 touchdowns, and you're, you know, cool, my kicker got 10 points because extra points, but you're hoping for way more than that. You see you see 50 points on the board by the offense from that team, and you're thinking, awesome, and then you realize it's all extra points, and you're cursing. Like, it's just... The the kicker is so vol it's such a volatile position. I, I you know, I have a lot of stats I can I point out, but it's it's time to let kickers go. I mean the NFL is trying to get rid of them by all like by all accounts. Like they're slowly but surely easing the kicker out of the game, you know, moving the extra point back, making more two point conversions possible, um or happening. Um, kickoffs are being moved up so that basically there's more and more touchbacks. They're getting rid of the kickers. It's time for fantasy football players to evolve and get rid of kickers. You know, we've evolved into PPR. We've evolved into, you know, way back in the day, it used to be basically nothing but touchdown leagues. You know, it was whoever scores touchdowns, that's those are the only points you got. Fantasy football has evolved. Why shouldn't or you know fantasy football has evolved to that point? Why can't we evolve to the point where we get rid of quite possibly the most boring, boring position in football, and it's the kicker? It's just ridiculous why we keep rolling out kickers in fantasy football leagues. So well, I'm gonna put down the mic and I'm gonna let you talk. <laughs> You know, the kicker position is quite possibly the most volatile position in a major fantasy football league roster. Um, Just like you said, you could get a a 2007 Rob Baronis who's hitting 29 points. You know, that's quarterback numbers or a really good running back day. You know, over 100 yards and you know, just killing it with carries if if you get points for carries. But 
the thing that I like about mm-hmm. the kickers, even with all of that, is the traditional aspect. And it, it goes back to the same argument we've had about quality starts versus win. Like, everybody has the same advantage and disadvantage for the most part. I mean, if you're playing in a 10- or 12-team league, you know, everybody's got a kicker that's going to put up points week in and week out. And you can string kickers if you really want. I've done that before based on matchups. And if I feel like a team has a good enough defense and their offense is a little subpar and, you know, they're they're not going to get into scoring position as much, you know, into the red zone, I take it, as far as getting into scoring position for a field goal. So gain that back, and, and you have the traditional aspect of it, which is nice. So I think we got to, you know, I don't think it's – I'm not opposed to getting rid of it with all that said, but I I like it because of the traditional aspect. And ah, it's such a boring yes, argument. It, it is a boring argument, but that's the point. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's like everybody's trying to outdo one another commissioner-wise now. Like, oh, I've, I've added PPR. I've added, you know, points per rushing attempt. I've added, uh, you know, 100 yards for a running back gives you five extra points. Like, that's stupid. Stupid point things. Because not all running backs are going to hit 100 yards. And then you could have some guys that just get lucky and break one and then they're hitting it, you know, a couple weeks in a row. So, again, I feel like everybody kind of has that advantage, but you're only playing one kicker. And if you have a guy, I mean, how many times has Gostkowski or, or Crosby uh, or, or Gano or even Dan Bailey when Dallas was scoring all those touchdowns and points with uh, Murray a couple years ago? I think he was pretty high in the scoring. Not many people probably drafted Bailey all that early, but people go out and they, like, lose their minds over drafting a kicker in the eighth round or the tenth round of a 18-team, <laughs> you know, or 18-roster spot draft, and that's ridiculous. Like, there's always going to be that guy that goes out because they think they're getting that edge. But it doesn't oh, always man. work out for him. It never, I mean, that should never work out. Most most I'm drafts, if people the want to do that. drafted in, in the last round or the round before, and that's the point. Like, and then half the guys that are drafted suck, and you end up just having to drop whoever you have and pick up somebody else. Like, what's the point? Like, but that's I, that's just it. You do the same thing with running backs. You do the same thing with deadbeat receivers. Like, you're drafting depth in those positions. But if you have one of those guys who just sucks, uh, like a Bishop Sankey, who you think is going to be this monster performer, and he absolutely sucks, and he does nothing for your team, see ya, you're gone in week four to week six. And in week three, four, and five, if I've kept you that long, you're sitting on the bench. You know, I'm okay losing out on your your 14-point effort you know, in, in the one week you decide to actually do half of nothing. Uh, 
But you're going to find guys like that that you need to cut anyway. There's always going to be guys that you can cut to find a, a kicker for a replacement. And if your kicker's not, you know, cutting it, cut them and, and replace them. I mean, how many kickers do you go through in the season? And too many have one of those point. top guys. But what? I mean, is there is there a limit on the pickups that you have in your league? No, but sometimes it's, there is. But I just don't I think. Mean, yeah, I, I mean, haven't been in leagues like that. But no, it's well, that's even worse. Like if you're in a league where you have kickers and you have a limited pickups, like that's horrible. That at that point, I have been in leagues like that to where I'm like, I have to draft a backup kicker because I don't want to burn a pickup on a guy later. Yeah, like that's what's terrible, and so like that's even worse. No, I, I think we've we've got um, we've got Richard on the line here. Richard Seville, writer, content manager for so uh, for Fantasy Six Pack. I know that he's pretty passionate on this. We were kind of debating on this earlier, so let me bring him in here. Hello, Joe. What's going on, Richard? You there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? Hello, Good, man. Good, good. Uh, yeah. Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Yeah. So we're uh, we're both dealing with some power issues around the area. So. Uh, All right. We're uh, yeah, you... some nasty storms roll through here, but. Okay. So anyway, man, I know that I know that you are are pretty passionate on keep the kicker, and I'm uh, I'm ready to, for lack of a better term, is what like AJ said on Twitter kick the kicker. Um, give give your thoughts here, man. What, what what you got? Well, I sent you a tweet earlier about, about what happened in a game in 2014 I where did. Cody Parkey, Cody Parkey, dying seconds, uh, last play of the game, Cody Parkey uh, kicked a field goal to help me win the week against my head-to-head opponent. And I think I sent that. I think I sent that tweet. That's part of the excitement. I think that kickers give you. You, but you sort can get of that from feel. other positions. Yeah, but not in that instance. And also, I like every play to count. If it's a play, and especially when it's a play for points, why not? Why not have kickers? I mean, I okay. I get. I get your point, though, Joe. I mean, they're they're not a very exciting position. They. We draft them last, and, uh, you know, they don't get a lot of respect, but I still think they're people too, and they provide some fantasy excitement in the most unusual circumstances sometimes. And, uh, I don't know, so, man. There, there's, there's a lot of stats that I, I just – I look at some stuff, and, and I got to, you know – the, the leader of Knicks the Kickers is Jake Seeley from Roto Experts. Um, he is the one who I think kind of led the charge a few years ago, and he wrote a great article. And like some of the some of the things he brings up, I, I'm looking it up, so I got to give credit to, all, to him for all of these. But uh, what year was this? Uh, I believe it was a couple years ago. Oh no, this was this was this year. He must have updated it. So he said, you know, before we get into the final numbers, let's look at last year alone. If we take the top 12 kickers by ADP, um, Adam Vinatieri, Mason Crosby, Cody Parkey, Matt Bryant, I think he's removing Gostkowski because Gostkowski is like the one outlier that actually does what he's supposed to do year in and year out. 
um, uh-huh. in Connorbarth, they all finished at least 11 spots lower than their ADP. Um, so, like, none of these kickers are performing up to where we expect them to be. So, it's it's just crazy. Like, why are we drafting this position that doesn't perform the way that it's supposed to be performed? You're drafting them over guys that quite possibly, in most cases, are going to be outscoring them. So, why not just drop them and add a flex? And it'd be more fun. I'd rather start an extra receiver or an extra running back than start another kicker. Well, it's it's like you said, too, but you kind of tried to make the point that it removes a lot of decisions and things like that. Um, I Decision-making is actually a part of fantasy football. We're making decisions all the time uh, in fantasy football. And I, and I think I think the idea of, of using kickers as, as part of that decision-making and, and because it's, they are, can, can be, I get you know, on that point that they are an annoyance, but they can, as I say, they can score for you. They can win you weeks and win, win championships too at the most, in the un, most unusual circumstances imaginable sometimes. And that's probably happened when to you, really. When you win, I, Look, I'll take the win, however I get it. But when I win, when my kicker gets me 20 points, I feel horrible. Like, I don't really feel like I won the week. I was like, my kicker just got me 20 points. Like, ugh. I should never win because of my kicker. You know, you kinda, you want to you want to win weeks when your kicker gets you five points like he's supposed to. You know? <laughs> That's it. You're not you – don't, you don't want to win weeks when your guy, like, blows up and outscores the other team's quarterback, like, ugh. It's like, there's not a good feeling. I don't ever want to win that way. I don't care how I win. I like to win every week. (laughs) Of course, I said the same thing. I'll take the win, absolutely. Yeah, but But if if you're one of those guys that texts you and says, oh, my kicker was awesome this week. Yeah, you're bragging about my kicker. No, I don't don't (laughs) brag about my kicker, but like Cody Parkey, for example, he won Richards weak for him with that last second field goal. He probably won that game for the Eagle with that last second field goal. That's exciting. It's like the the reality is exactly the same as the fantasy because your guy came through for your team in the trenches at the last second. And if he puts up 15 points, Excuse me, and your running back only puts up five. What the hell is the difference if if it's fifteen from one player versus five from another? You know, you're going to be okay. Well, my kicker got me five points. That's kind of low for what I was hoping, but it's it's expected. You know, they they had a tough game or whatever. My running back got me fifteen. You know, also kind of low. But if your running back gets you five, you're absolutely pissed because. That's your main guy, and and you probably spent a very high draft pick on him, depending on who it is, obviously. But if it's your top guy, you know, and then your kicker saves you, just like they do in an NFL team. That's the whole point. That's the reality of it. Yeah, it's where reality meets fantasy, and uh, and I kind of. Thank you for um, bolstering the point. But the thing is, too, there is one thing where Joe 
uh, I think there is a point that's kind of getting missed in this is it's how kickers are scored. Sometimes I think kickers get a little bit too many points for uh, um, 50 plus yard field goals, 40 plus yards and 30 plus yards. It can add up. And I think a balance issue can be argued here with how, uh, how many points a kicker gets. I think I played in one league where it was three points, no matter how, no matter the distance. I think that might have even been the FSWA league where uh, three points, it didn't matter the distance, it's three points, whether it's 50 yards plus or 40 yards plus or whatever. They didn't grade it on on distance. So I think it might be some argument on, on, on how kickers are scored. So I think that can be I think that can be argued. Yeah, and that's how pretty much every league I've ever played in goes. You have the four points for 40 to 49 and then five points for 50 plus. And well, no, Richard's saying like that it, everything, everything in his league was everything three. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You don't that's get the, you the don't standard, get the bonus for the, you, you get that bonus, but I agree that that should, should definitely be taken out because again, when you bring reality into it, Justin Tucker's not getting himself five points on his stats that line for kicking a 50-yard field goal, you know, he's just getting a 50-yard field goal, and he's happy about it. So I think that's part of the strategy, though, when you play that way and have those bonuses, then it makes you draft specific ways because you're going to look at a guy like a Tucker who used to be, you know, automatic from 50-plus or another guy, uh, that could that could put the leg on it. Rob Baronis was was really good at doing that as well. Um, but it's speaking of, we keep mentioning his name. Did he die? I'm pretty sure True. he did. Rob Baronis. Uh, um, I think he did. But not to bring anyway. a sad thought <laughs> into it. But not to have a quick wiki. Not not that I have the uh the computer power to do it right now. But uh yeah. Yes. No, I mean I don't he know. Did just, he did, yeah. That sounds familiar yeah. when you said that. But I don't know, man, like I'm never over drafting a kicker. I if I may be at the end of the next to last round and it's between him and some third running back on the depth chart, like, sure, maybe I'll take Goskowski or Tucker or something like that so that when it gets back to me on, you know, at the end of the of the next round, I'm not stuck with, you know, the the, 12, the actual 12th figure, which ultimately, in reality, probably doesn't matter. Um, but that that'd be the earliest I would ever take one, and I have done that once or twice. But when we look at, like, some of the stats, man, like, 70% of kickers are scoring anywhere between, like, four and ten points. Like, yeah. they all pretty much score the same amount of points. And it's just, it's boring. But, like, these outliers where you actually do get guys that score one point, like, that's awful. Yeah. And, that's, then, that's and then you terrible. get guys, like, we're talking about where they get you, you know, 20 and I don't know. This is it's too it's it's volatile, but then at the same time, it's just like everybody's the same at the same time. 
but it I don't know. The kickers don't don't do it for me. I will tell you what, in every single one of my leagues I'm putting it up for vote to get rid of the kicker. It may not pass in our league because I know you two are in it, but uh I'm definitely putting it out there and I hope it passes because I'm I'm bored with kickers. I was not on board with this I was not on board with this last year when it first when I first played in that league that got rid of kickers. I told the I told the commissioner, I was like, Why are we getting rid of kickers? Like they're just part of fantasy football. He's like, I hate kickers, blah 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 and I was like, What? Okay. But like as the season went on, I didn't miss them one bit. One bit. It it didn't even cross my mind until this year when I was setting up my league. I thought to myself, Oh, I was actually in a league last year that didn't have kickers. That was actually pretty cool. I loved it. When I yeah, but that there is. I loved it. But AJ brought up the thing about strategy with with kickers too. Is that especially you know like you're saying like me? I get I get tight. Uh, I sort of get uh, enamored with my kicker as I have him throughout the weeks. Like if I have Stephen Hauschka until his bye week, I. I do hear you, Joel, where you say, you know, you don't really want to get rid of him because he's been producing, he's been a good kicker, he's been getting your getting your kicker points. And then, but there's those, like like AJ was saying about the streaming, in which uh, you, can, you can pick, you can use a strategy, like where you can find out teams that bog down in the red zone against a defense that's best versus... Uh, um, that are good at stopping red zone opportunities. So that means a lot more field goals. So, so there is strategy that can be, that can be used and skill when actually, uh, when actually selecting a kicker in streaming uh, ways. When they all average basically the same amount of points, there's not a whole lot of skill that goes involved with it. That's why everybody drafts them with their last pick. If there was strategy involved, somebody would take Goskowski in the 10th round. And if it well, matters, like, like that every year, somebody does. Well, if somebody does, then they're going to lose. Like, you're going to lose your fantasy league if somebody drafts Scott Cassie in the test round. I've never once seen somebody draft a kicker before, like, round 14 of a 16-round draft. Never. I've seen yeah. people draft defenses, but I've never seen people draft kickers that early. Kickers always go last or, like, next to last. It's never early. That's the point. Yeah, they're always can't. the second or or last for me. Yeah, I, I know that, but I'm saying if you're if you're streaming, like what AJ was talking about, is that there's you can look at the week and uh, you know, you know, pull a pull a kicker off the board that you feel that uh, because of matchup, it looks like you know, well, it could be it could be a lot of field goals in this game, so I'm going to pick this kicker. Yeah, on a hunch. You know, strategies. But uh, I think down the road I, it might – kickers might be gone. But, I, but I'm, I'm not ready to let go of them yet. Not just yet. I'm not as far ahead. I haven't, I haven't drank enough Kool-Aid like you have on it. <laughs> I need more it's, Kool-Aid. I'm telling you, it's only – it's only because I it's only because I sat there and played in the league last year with without him and man, it was one of the greatest things and you know, it takes me to this other point. It's like it's almost I don't know if I'm ready to go as far as to say get rid of defenses, but they're almost kind of the same way to where 
But there are enough defenses that really can make a difference that I'm not really ready to get rid of them. But I am ready to say it is time to get rid of the points against when it comes to defenses. And we did this in our league last year. I thought it was great. Because there was too many times where, you know, I'm just picking on a quarterback because I don't like him, but Eli Manning, per se, you know, <laughs> he'll throw three interceptions within the 10-yard line or 20-yard line of his own, you know, his own 20-yard line. If you have the defense, if you randomly own the Giants' defense that week, you're completely screwed and it's not your fault. You know, like, you're giving up points regardless. And how is that the defense's fault? Um, so, in our league last year, and I thought it was great, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how you guys feel about it because I never actually got anybody's, you know, we voted on it and, and it passed, but uh, I never actually got anybody's, um, like, I don't know, review on it, I guess I should say. But we switched to yards. Um, as far as, like, negative points went. And so, you know, you start with 10 points based upon zero yards, and it drops from there, depending on how many yards you got against you. But I think that's more fair because then, you know, and even worse is, like, when the quarterback throws a pick six, that goes against the defense, which was just ridiculous. And, the you know, ESPN and CBS and all these leagues that run fantasy, you know, where you run your fantasy leagues from, say, it's because as soon as, the quarterback throws, as soon as there's a turnover, the offense becomes a defense. It's like, look, I'm not drafting the New York Giants because I want Eli Manning to make a game-saving tackle. Let's get at, let's get real here. Like, this is not happening. Uh, you know, I'm drafting the New York Giants because, you know, you know, five years ago, Strahan was, you know, sacking, you know, 20 quarterbacks. You know, like, that's why I was drafting the Giants. You know, so... We switched but yards, I, and, and I loved it. And, and it. and it actually didn't, like, you think, you would think, hey, hang on, MJ. It, you would think that, like, maybe the scoring would have, like, totally changed, and it really didn't. It kind of evened it out. You know, it still stayed pretty much the same. Um, but what it did, it just got rid of those ridiculous games where the offense screwed the defense completely. I think what going, actually, man. I think ESPN actually fixed that. I'm trying to remember. They may not have, but no, I feel I have like not seen that. in my in my league um, where I still have the standard, you know, points against, not the yardage against, I don't think the defenses get banged against, like, that pick six or anything like that anymore. I could be wrong on that, but for some reason I thought that went away because it really isn't. I mean, I get the, the theory that your offense is now on defense because they they threw an interception. But that's not your actual defense. You know, it's not like Strahan and, and that front line let up, right. you know, Arian Foster or something, and, and he busted through and got a 20-yard gain and a touchdown. That's a right. defensive touchdown against. So – I do think they may have tweaked that, but again, I, I'm not 100% on that. Well, I, I know at NFL.com, a uh, situation like that uh, does not count. Uh, the points don't count against the defense. At least at yeah, NFL.com. Yeah, NFL. 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 <laughs> uh, I think, but, 
But but, but think, the point point about yards, I don't mind yards. It, it, it's okay. The only thing is that if you're following it on game day, it's a little difficult. It's a little more difficult than than points in order to gauge where you are, because you got to look up to see uh, how much yardage is go has has been uh, assessed to that point in the game. It's a bit. I mean, if you're following it in game day, that's the only thing I got about yards. Otherwise, I like yards. It's just kind of following it on game day to find out well how how much have I got before I lose more points does my before my uh, defense loses more points you know because you know in most leagues they they work it backwards with defenses right well, why, uh, why, for points. my question for that is why do you not have an iPad or a smartphone on <laughs> at all times with fantasy cast showing you how many points your defense has I mean there's your first problem so well, get, it, get that fixed, just, and you might be all right. No, it's just <laughs> knowing how far I've got to go. Yeah. Before, uh, before I check, check, you know, because I'm I've got a lot of leagues going at the same time on game day, right? So, and you just like to look at things at a glance. Okay, uh, so a couple iPads. I mean, it's not, it's not unheard. Of. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, just I spend I more money to play fantasy football but I don't mind yards as a as a scoring method. I mean, no, I, least... I liked it. I liked it. I thought it, it like Joe said, it was fairly even compared to what we're used to, so to speak. I mean, I don't know if there's a way to tweak it to make it one way or another better or worse. Um, you know, aside from obviously changing the yardage totals, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm all for I'm all for like tweaking it again. If it, you know, if we saw some sort of like unfair advantage or something, or like some, you know, if we had seen like something totally crazy. I mean, AJ, you and I looked at this on Saturday actually when we were meeting the plan. Yeah. You know, our our you know we kind of saw that it was like you know I think the Broncos scored like ten more points the way that we had it this year compared to you know if it was with points. So like it wasn't anything crazy. You know, we saw. Some teams move up the ranking and some teams move down, but it wasn't like the point totals just went total haywire. You know, we, we saw teams with you know 500 defensive points because of it. It was pretty much the same amount of point totals. So I thought it went yeah. well, um, and I and I don't plan on putting it up for vote again to go back because I think it I think it went well. I think it was pretty consistent. I think it was fair. You know, I just always hated watching my defense get totally screwed because you know the quarterback or some running back was fumbling the ball all game or something. And you just get, you just get pretty much shat on the entire time because, you know, your defense is in negative points because your quarterback threw three pick sixes. It's definitely happened to me. And I got tired of watching it. I'm like, this is not the defense's fault. I'm getting penalized for this. Even if they were pick sixes, like, you know, the, they get tackled at the 10 yard line. Nine times out of ten, you're letting up at least three points, and that sucks. Yeah. So, I was tired of it, so we changed it. But no, that's good. I'm I'm glad you guys actually are on board with that because I, I was hoping I wouldn't have to put that back oh, yeah, for the whole change. So I I won't I won't I won't go there. But I still say still say get rid of the kickers. But uh, that's a we can put that up for vote. I hope everybody else puts that up for the vote in their league too, because I think kickers should be gone. But anyway, um, Richard, we got to move on. But um, I believe you've got some some uh, exciting news to share with all the listeners. Yes, I do. Uh, something to share with your listeners. Um, 
we're starting a brand new show, uh, the Fantasy Edge, uh, on the uh, as part of the Fantasy Six Pack .net family. Uh, it starts at on Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, and uh, my co-host will be Kevin Hall, and uh, hopefully Joe, that you'll be our first guest on that on that podcast. We kind of uh, using it as a vehicle for. Uh, to get to know some of the writers at Fantasy Six Pack and uh, and our friends in the uh, fantasy world that are friends of uh, Fantasy Six Pack, so we hope uh, we hope we can get uh, we can borrow some of the listeners to to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour to join us on the Fantasy Edge on uh, Thursday nights at uh, 10 p.m. And that'll change, of course, when the uh, season begins. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me. To have yeah, I will. Uh, I will. I will be there the first night to uh, kind of break the ground with you guys. So that that'll be fun, and uh, you know, best of luck to you, of course, with all that. And um, with that said, uh, we got to move on. And uh, it was good talking to you, man. Okay, you guys take care. See you, AJ. All right, have a good one, Richard. Okay, bye bye. Now. Hi, man. So. AJ, uh, we got to move on to some baseball news here and start off here with injuries like we usually do. And, uh, oh, man, I lost, like, connection with the, the studio here. Let's see here. Let's see if I can get it back. Oh, oh came back. I'm going to refresh. Stupid no internet. Okay, there we go. All right, so first injury and uh, – felt like we had to start with this one, but, you know, Dexter Fowler of the Cubs, is it, is it bad to say I'm sort of not sad about this one? <laughs> He's on the DL with a hamstring. <sighs> yes and no. I used the man this moment. I have to I have to play your sound clip. That was really loud. Sorry. I'm on an iPad. I don't know how to use these things. But anyway, play play your Joe Boo sound. It finally happened. He got injured. Yeah. Uh, yep. The curse of uh, of AJ comes through yet again. Uh, I apologize in advance. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. Dexter Fowler owners. I was going to um, say, you're not apologizing. No. Not at all. I, I mean, I, <laughs> let, let's get it clear. I don't ever wish anybody bodily injury. This is their living. You know, they're out there playing the game they love. So As I never the hamstring, want anyone to actually get <laughs> physically hurt doing what they love to do. But with the way that he spurned the Orioles, uh, I'm, o- I'm okay with it finally uh, coming to a head. And him uh, getting getting some time on the shelf, so he yeah, was having a great season. So it's hard. It's really hard was. to uh, it's hard to really root against someone. I I don't have him on any of my teams. I refuse to draft him, but you know maybe that strategy did end up biting me because he's playing so well. But now you know goes around comes around. So uh, have fun with your 15 <laughs> days off. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, let's go through the rest of these here. So we got um, Strasburg, who was scratched last night due to back tightness, although it sounds like he's on track to make his next start. Um, 
that that was announced really late. Like that was a huge uproar in the in the daily in um, in the daily games because uh, that was announced really late, and a lot of people had Strasburg because you know, the Dodgers' offense isn't really anything that you're scared of at this point. Um, so that was that was kind of a big deal. Your boy JD Martinez elbow fracture out four to six weeks. Um, yeah, that that hurts literally uh, on on <laughs> yeah. my teams. Two yes, two of my indeed. four teams, I had him. So same Ooh. with this next guy, have him on a couple teams yeah. as well. Jose Bautista, Mr. Loudmouth himself, uh, and no, it's not a face injury. It's uh, an injury to his toe. Um, no Still reeling from roughing the doors, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's 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 gone all the way down to his toe now, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Probably the next biggest name. I got him at the end of the list here, but I'll, I'll move him up. Taiwan Walker. He's been pulled from his last two starts fairly early, like after four innings, and I believe it was after five. But he hadn't pitched a lot. Of, of uh, like his pitch count wasn't very high, but he's headed for an MRI. I don't know what the results are. I don't know if they came out today or not. I wasn't able to look it up before the show started, and it. It's pretty worrisome that you know he's been pulled twice and that he's headed for the MRI. So definitely something for owners to keep an eye on. Uh, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if he lands on the DL for some sort of like shoulder or you know back or whatever it is. Like I don't even really know what's hurting him. Um, Matt Duffy, San Francisco Giants. He has an Achilles injury and he's on the DL. He's actually, I mean. He, you know, he's not a big name, but but he's playing really well right now, so it's actually a bigger blow than, than people probably realize. Um, Malik Smith, Atlanta Atlanta Braves, he fractured his hand. I believe he got hit with a pitch. Uh, he's out six to eight weeks. That's a big blow. He's one of, the, one of the few guys that seems to be stealing bases in the majors this year. Steals are way down. Um, Steve Pierce, an, an ex-Oriole guy that, you know, it's hard to root for because he's for the Rays, but he was always a good guy, so, you know, it got to root for him a little bit. Um, he's on the DL now with a hamstring, so not quite sure how long he's going to actually be out if they think it's going to be the minimum, but he just got placed on the DL like a day ago, so I'm sure that will come out soon. David Peralta's back on the DL, this time with back tightness. The first time it was with a wrist injury, so... Yeah, you know, he's a guy that when he's in the lineup, you know, he just produces. And, you know, he's not – I wouldn't say he's like a, you know, super power hitter, you know, big stolen base guy, but he's one of those, you know, power speed combo guys that, you know, your your lineup is going to miss big time. And, and same with this next guy, Gerardo uh, Parra, Parra, excuse me. Um, although he was struggling quite a bit here, but he's now in the DL with an ankle injury. Um so, you know, hopefully he gets right because I, I expected a really big thing from Parra this year. And, you know, he's been kind of disappointed. Dis- disappointing. A uh, couple couple of uh, return good news for injuries. Uh, Yasiel Puig, he's returning tonight. Uh, I believe he was on the deal for uh, hamstring, so that's that's good news there. Well, that'll be interesting because they uh, they pretty much promoted Trace Thompson to like full time outfielder while he was gone. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. And then Ethier's coming back soon too, probably in the next month or so. 
Um, that outfield is going to get crowded really, really fast. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens to everybody's uh, fantasy value there. And then yeah, we got one, one more hot off the presses. Uh, big sexy Bartolo Colon, my boy, left uh, left Tuesday's game tonight against uh, against the Royals with a right thumb contusion uh, after only a third of an inning pitched. So, Ouch, you know, sucks. he actually got his start pushed up to today. Uh, Syndergaard was originally supposed to start, um, but I think they're giving him an extra day of rest because he had a monster game his last outing. Um, so they were they were going to rest him and, and slide Big Sexy up. But looks <laughs> like a, nothing doing for him. He, he did not stay in the game. Um, after after he got hit, so we'll, we'll oh, see what fuck, happens with him. He's been pretty awesome this year. You know, yeah, <laughs> got it. You keep picking up off the waiver wire, but I think you held <laughs> on to him this time, didn't you? I I did. Yeah, I didn't drop him, and and the <laughs> the figures the mean. line drive was hit by uh, your boy, soon to be my boy tomorrow, Whit Merrifield. So ah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to him. I'll get to him in a minute, little, but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Mark Teixeira is the other guy returning. Uh, supposed to return this weekend. I'm not really running out to the waiver wire to pick up Mark Teixeira, but you know, keep an eye on him. I mean, he, if he if he can get right, this guy's got you know tremendous power, and he can he can help carry your lineup in in that department if if he can get right. But speaking of pickups, and uh, and AJ, I'm going to need some assistance here because I was planning on looking up some stats during the show while I was doing this, but it's, it's a slow roll while I'm doing this. So, uh, but your boy Whit Merrifield used to be mine. Uh, we just made a trade, and um, well, you know, let, let's let's touch on that real quick. Actually, our, our trade that went through today. Um, yeah, I need a reliever help pretty bad in our league. Now, it is a saves-holds league, so there should be plenty of guys out there, but I just keep picking up guys that were doing well and then all of a sudden decide not to do well as soon as I get them, it seems like. Uh, so, I, you know, you are cleaning up house in the, in the saves and holds department, so I decided to go after you. And you offered me Alex Cologne. Uh, Joe Panic and Carlos Martinez for Whit Merrifield and Cole Hamels, and I mean, I, I think the trade is pretty even both ways. Uh, you're arguably getting the better pitcher, and I'm not really sure who's getting the better second baseman. <laughs> to be honest, I think they're both kind of the yeah. same. Um, they, they really are. Um, they basically are the exact same player. Uh, not a lot of power, not a ton of speed, just kind of average guys, and they score. Like, that's pretty much what they do. Um, you know, right now, Whit Merrifield, and, and and the reason why I brought that that, that up is because Whit Merrifield is our, our first waiver wire pickup. And, I mean, this guy's hitting 350. He's got 350 OBP for the, for the year. And I need to turn on my display preferences, so I put average on here because most people care about that. So let me update that. You know, a 333 average um, 
only a couple of home runs. Like I said, he's not a power guy, but, you know, four stolen bases, 21 runs. I mean, the guy, the guy can just flat-out hit. I mean, that's all there is to it. Um, he doesn't really walk, as you can tell by the difference between OVP and average, but who cares? If you're batting 330, you'll care. Um, so I'm sure you're happy to be getting him. And, you know, he's, a, he's on fire right now, I'll tell you that much. Um, and, yeah, Panic. You know, Panic's kind of been coming into his own lately. I, I, I had him on both my ESPN leagues. And, uh, I mean, he was kind of a later-round guy for me. I, I actually dropped him in, in my one league. Um, but I debated on picking him back up and actually ended up getting Merrifield instead. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's right. six in one hand, half dozen in the other, whereas these guys, I mean, over the last seven, Panic's got five runs, one homer, six RBIs, only one walk, and, and two stolen bases. Um, but right. OBP, I mean, it's pretty identical. It's 357. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really sexy about those two because they're, I don't want to say they're no-name guys, but they're just, you know, lower-tier guys that are that are performing well um, and getting it done yeah. right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Hamill's, you know, as I said this weekend, he's, you know, he's my boy from Philly. I, I was happy to see him go to Texas aside from the ballpark factor, but, you know, he, he's good enough that he can get around that most games, and, and he's shown that with the, the start that he's had. Um, you know, coming in from last year too, and just carrying it around. So, um, I, I think it's a pretty even pitcher deal as well. I mean, Martinez had a couple of rough games, but he he picked it back up and playing well. The K's aren't yeah, I mean, really there as much, but right. That's what I was going to say. You know, we kind of that was my big hesitation was I'm losing like what was it? It's like three or four almost. K's per nine, picking up Carlos Martinez, I'm just kind of banking on the fact that that's not going to be that way the rest of the year, and he's going to pick it back up because he's never had yeah. this low a K per nine. So I'm kind of banking on the fact that he can pick it back up, and then you know, and then you know, in if he does, then I think I ultimately, you know, and I hate this term, but I ultimately kind of won this trade if he can because then the pitcher trade is fairly even. The second base trade is fairly even. And then you threw in a closer for me who's got 17 saves on the year and a ridiculous low ERA and whip. And so, but if, if the K's drop, then I'm having to find those elsewhere. And so that'll, that'll be a struggle for me, but I, I'm fairly good in that category. That's why I was able to, uh, that's why I was willing to do it. Yeah, and I mean, Cologne gets a pretty decent amount of Ks, I feel like. Um, he does. So he'll, he does. he'll help out there, you know, compared to some of my other closers and whatnot. You know, he's yeah, I've gotta, I've, he's right there. So I just got to hope Tampa doesn't sell their entire team at the break and then uh, they'll never win a game again. Yeah. So, <laughs> God, I got to hope that doesn't happen. But um, the next guy that we have on the waiver wire pickups here is uh, Jason Wirth. And, you know, I think he's going to be kind of a streaky guy, that, you know, for most of the way, you know, and you'll probably get injured at some point because this is what he does. But, you know, in the last month, he's really picked things up. 352 OBP, two, almost 290 average, you know, four home runs, 17 RBI. Like, he's he's really picked things up. He had a, he had a really good week there a couple of weeks ago where he was just hitting home runs. Uh, so he's kind of slowed down here the last week, but 
you know, the, the, the Nationals offense is, is picking things up pretty well here. Um, they were kind of struggling early on, and it was just basically Harper and I was well, Harper and David Murphy, and that was kind of it. But, you know, Worth is coming through. Michael Taylor's playing well right now. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, Rendon's finally picking things up. Essen Nose is really hitting well, and he's another guy that, that I have listed here. Um, and he's, he's crushing it right now. So he's another guy that I think you should absolutely go after if, if you've got if you've got room for him or you need second base and shortstop help. Actually, I didn't write him down. I meant to. Um but, yeah, both of those guys from Nationals, you know, that, that offense is picking things up big time. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I grabbed Worth then. I grabbed Espinosa within the last, like, two weeks. Uh, Worth was more recently this past weekend. I was hoping he was going to keep some of that uh, that magic. I don't know if you caught his post-game uh, interview on Masson after he hit the walk-off, double off the wall. But no, he was fired up, and he was just throwing out curse words left and right, and they aired it. <laughs> they, didn't, they did not do That's anything awesome. to cut them out. It was fantastic. And, That's you know, funny. and again, he's another former Philly, so he was with us with the, you know, the championship team and played really well for us, and, and they let him go for that ridiculous contract. And he really hasn't played up to that yet, but he's still no, definitely not. He's still getting it done. I mean, he he's he's a good player, and you know he's he's somebody that can help your team for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, the next guy here that I got written down is is we've mentioned him before is Melvin Upton Jr. This guy still isn't owned hardly anywhere. I mean, thirty percent. Um. Not doing as well as his brother is doing over in Detroit lately. The last couple of weeks, Justin is really crushing the ball now. I kind of, kind of knew that would come eventually, but um, Melvin though still in the last couple of weeks, three home runs, three stolen bases, good batting average. Now the average isn't going to be there with either one of these guys in the long run, but you know Melvin Upton Jr. for for where I mean, let's be honest, he wasn't drafted in any league. Um, no. And he's on a good you know, game tonight against the O's, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's got no base already. And, I mean, the guy just, he he's really seemed to find his groove again this year. And it's good to see because, I mean, this guy, I mean, like we said, at just a couple of years ago, I mean, this guy was like a 30-30 guy or, you know, a 20-30 guy. I mean, he was, he was incredible. And, you know, it's good to see him getting back to not that level. But, you know, we're looking at a 20 – we might be looking at another like twenty, thirty guy. It's looking maybe more like it's gonna be like a eighteen, twenty-seven type season for him because he he has slowed down a little bit since the very beginning. He had a really hot start, but that's still a good season for a waiver wire pickup. You're not gonna you're not gonna complain at all by that. Um, next guy I've got written down here, and I cannot believe this guy's on owned more. I was really shocked to see it. Devin Travis. Um, this guy and my computer just tablet sucks, so I can't look at this right now. It just kind of froze up on me. But but Travis, you know, last year at the beginning of the year, this guy was the, you know, the talk of baseball, fantasy baseball. I mean, like, who was Devin Travis? And he came out gangbusters and just lit the world on fire from second base in Toronto. And, you know, he's come back now, and I don't know if it's any coincidence, but the Toronto offense has really come alive basically since he came off the DL. And, 
Yeah, he's he's just kind of that spark in the offense. It seems like where he can keep the table going. He he gets on base. He's got some power. He's got a little bit of speed. This guy is just a, a good all-around player. And for second base, like if this guy's available in your league and and you you know you're relying on you know I don't even know I can't think of second baseman off the top of my head who are struggling really bad, but you know. If if you're relying on somebody or, you know, you got somebody really crummy in the middle infield that's, that's not working out for you, like, pick this guy up and slide him in and you'll be plenty happy. Yeah, I think that Jose Altuve is his name. He's terrible right now, so. No, yeah, man, he sucks. Go ahead and drop him. <laughs> no. You, you know uh, what? It, let's cancel that trade, and since you don't like him, you can just send them to me. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you uh, Whit Merrifield for, for Altuve. Nah, that's I'm not good. Like a, that's not but, like a deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Travis is another guy I picked up. He he was one of those guys that the the one guy in my team uh, or in my league picked him up last year, and he kind of held on to him when he was on the DL forever. And you know, he never really found that spark when he came back last year. But then he started this year on the DL. And, you know he's, or I think he started playing and then he went on the DL. But he's been he's been lighting it up since. I mean, for the season yeah, he's been good. Yeah, I mean the the last. Uh, let's see what he's got here. The last fifteen. You know he's he's fourteen for forty four. He's got five runs, six singles, six doubles, uh, two homers, right. ten RBIs, and one walk. He doesn't have any stolen bases yet, but um, you know at least in the last fifteen. But you know the whatever I, you're not really looking for him for stolen bases. He's only got one on the year. No. Um, so well, I mean he's only been playing for like two weeks. So yeah, you know, give him a little but bit of time. He's consistently putting up points, and, and he's you know hitting hitting four of the five categories with multi-hit games. You know, and probably half of those games back. So definitely worth worth going out and grabbing. Yeah, and um, you know to kind of close out the the waiver wire picks, you know a guy that <laughs> you sort of nudged me in the right direction. I was kind of thinking about it this weekend, but you eventually talked me into it. Uh, I picked up uh, Tom Kohler from the the Marlins, and I mean I was a little hesitant because it was Colorado, but I you know, I kind of know that Colorado is not good on the road. Uh, I need another start. I was probably going to do it anyway, but you know you kind of convinced me fully. Uh, so thank you for that. But, you know, the last month, you know, he's he's been good the last month, but he's been even better the last two weeks. Um, a two ERA, just, just a shy over 1-1 one, one whip. Um, you know, four earned runs in, in 18 innings and 20 strikeouts in 18 innings. I think that's almost a more surprising thing because I don't think anybody thinks of Tom Kohler as like a big strikeout guy, but he's, but he's been getting it done. Um, what, what did we look here at? One, two, three, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six out of his last seven starts have been quality. Um, seven, six out of his last eight. I mean, the guy, the guy's just getting it done. So, you know, not, not the best, um, competition. Um, Philly, Philly, Tampa, Atlanta, the Mets offense, um, and then Minnesota, yeah. San Diego, and then Colorado on the road, but he shut them out in six innings. Um, and the six walks wasn't great. That's like 
almost the highest he's had all year. So that wasn't that wasn't good. But I mean, hey, the guy's getting it done. Um, now I, I will say I did drop him this week because he's playing the Cubs, and no thank you. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not going I'm not pitching a whole lot of people against the Cubs if I can help it. So you know he's somebody to look at, and then. I don't know if you, if you've got the room. The, the last guys I want to mention, or the last guy I want to mention here is um, Young Juan Ho from. I probably destroyed that name from uh, St. Louis. He. It's very likely that he's going to take the closer job from Trevor Rosenthal at some point. You know, in the near future, Rosenthal is struggling bad, and um, Ho's been sitting here just mowing down batters for for that team and and um so if you know if if you've got Rosenthal and you're in a saves only league and you and you've got the bench spot to be able to, to hang on to somebody like that then, then I then I'd probably do it. Um if you're in a holds league he's probably already taken so um you know that that's that. But um anyway with the uh technological uh, struggles we were having this week, and and I gotta go make sure everything's right with the house. My my generator is beeping at me. I don't even know what that means. So <laughs> I gotta go check on that. We're gonna have to uh, cut things here, cut things short here. Well, not short. We've we've gone plenty long, but uh, you know, no dicks, Bixby this week. No Twitter. Uh, I can't even look up the questions right now. I'm not logged in on this on this thing. So have to. Uh, Pick those up next week, and I would imagine I got power by then. At least I would hope so. So yeah, Pedro Pedro Alvarez just hit his second bomb of the night. Uh, wow, two nice shot, bringing uh, bringing nice. scope in with him. So they're up six to three. Bottom of the fifth. Good work. Like it. Good work. Yep. All right, man. Well, uh, you have a good night and. Uh, Everybody, same time, same channel next week. And that's that's it for me. All right, sounds good. All right, Nick's the kickers. <laughs>